It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself in a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 276, Quantum the podcast that likes to look at news and views from throughout the world. Uh, One review on iTunes this week said this, always unpredictable and always edifying and enjoyable will expand your music experience. Well, that's what we're here to do. And speaking of music, I do want to start with my album of the week. I actually want to play something that's not from the album. This is the number one tune in the UK. I think it is in the US as well and will be throughout the world. Here's the Beatles. I know it's true It's all because of you Now and then, well, 61 years and four weeks since the Beatles first released Love Me Do. This, they say, is releasing their last song, Now and Then. Apparently it was sketched out by John Lennon in his Manhattan apartment just a few years before he was shot in 1980, shot and killed in 1980. Powered audio tool developed by the director Peter Jackson has combined modern contributions from Paul and Ringo with 1995 guitar work from George and harmonies from 1960s Beatles tunes like Because and Eleanor Rigsby. I think the article I'm linking to, and I link to lots of different articles by the way, is going to uh, say something like that this is less a song than a seance. Um... The video's truly awful. The song's okay, but why? Why are they doing it? Um, I think the answer is actually pretty obvious. That the Beatles' greatest hits albums, 62 to 66, 67 to 70, 
I've got both, but neither is my album of the week, are being re-released. Um, look, Beatles songs are always going to be re-released as far as I can see. Um, they don't need this, but anyway. Anyway, the album that I've been listening to is one that's very special for me. Uh, I bought it on white vinyl. It is the Beatles' white album. Uh, when I became a Christian, I went through a kind of phase of just getting rid of all my albums. Um, and sadly, I got rid of this one because I think it would be worth a fortune. I loved it. Um, I've uh, been listening to it for the past week again. And uh, we'll play one or two tracks throughout the course of this podcast. But here's the first one. Uh, a nice cheerful one before we get into some serious stuff. Obladi, oblada. Now, let's come on to Gaza and Israel. Now, uh, I do. I have had a lot of feedback about this, and it's a very emotional subject for people. And it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult for me, actually. And I am conscious. I think that one of the clips I played last week, I gave a translation which wasn't a translation. And if that's true, I'm trying to get it verified because I, I don't speak Arabic. And if I was given the wrong translation and inadvertently passed it on, I apologize. This, however, is Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, speaking on November the 2nd. I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, a war for our common future. Now, that is understandable and even justifiable. You can see why he would say that, and hopefully all this will be over. However, on the evening of October the 28th, he made an argument for the war in Gaza that I find really quite troubling. 
He quoted Deuteronomy 25.17, you must remember what Amalek did to you. But Deuteronomy goes on in verse 19.25.19, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven, never forget. And the nation of Amalek was to be wiped out, as 1 Samuel says. Now, Netanyahu possibly spoke just unwisely in that he referenced only Deuteronomy 25, 17. However, he, he cannot, his advisors cannot be that daft to know that people are going to look at this and suggest that he's talking about wiping out. Um, I, it's, it's so, so, so dangerous. And I think there are things that Netanyahu has done which are not helpful. Whether the invasion of Gaza, and I'm still struggling to see what else they could have done, is one of those things, only time will tell. But let me come on to some other comments uh, uh, as regards the, the direct impact and the indirect impact on the world where this is happening. Uh, I read a, an amazing article in The Telegraph talking about a Hamas thousand-strong battalion taking up their residents in the Indonesian hotel and a nearby school, and the Israelis were attacking that. Now, it is a war crime to use a school as coverage, but I don't hear any of the protesters talking about that. Um, You should read the article for itself. And then, just in the wider world, there's so much ignorance, it's breathtaking. This, for example, is a woman speaking to Ben Shapiro. If, based on the numbers, more Germans died than Brits in World War II, did that mean that British, the British were wrong in World War II? Because they did. Many more Germans died than Brits. Based on the numbers, did that mean that Britain was wrong in World War II? Britain wasn't bombing civilian, civilians. Now, bear in mind, this is a student at Oxford University, and she genuinely thinks, she seems to think, that Britain wasn't bombing civilians. Britain was absolutely bombing civilians. I had a German lady in my congregation who remembers being bombed during the Second World War. Um, The Allies dropped nearly two million tons of bombs in Germany, destroying 60 cities, killing more than half a million German citizens. And by the way, 80,000 pilots died in that battle. How have so many of our young people become so historically illiterate. I think because so much of the education, as we mentioned many times, is just indoctrination. Uh, What else? There's a Marks and Spencer advert that (laughs) they've had to apologise because people said that they were... um, I'm sorry. They'd posted an Instagram photo of Christmas party hats in the colours of the Palestinian flag on fire. Except it wasn't the colours of the Palestinian flag. It had nothing to do with that. It was the traditional colours for party hats. But it doesn't matter. M&S have to apologise because people hate M&S. Why? Because they were founded by a Jew. The anti-Semitism is incredibly strong. And anti-Semitism here is really strong. Now again, I find it astounding that in the UK and in Australia... You can be done for hate speech for misgendering someone, but saying something like this. If the Australian government like it or not, if the ASIO likes it or not, if they want to deport me from Australia or not, the jihad 
solution for the Ummah. There is no other way to defend the Muslims and raise this humiliation from the Ummah but fighting in the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's at the Al Madina Dawah Center uh, where a brother Ismail talked about jihad being the solution. What else? What we've seen already, chants of free Palestine from German guilt, the star of David graffitied. Uh, the Jews, anti-Semitism on the rise all over Europe. But this is the one that really got me. A German nursery made headlines when it emerged they no longer wanted to be named after Anne Frank. The country has 96 schools, many street squares and so on, which are named after Anne Frank. And this Anne Frank kindergarten has had this name since it was built in the 1970s. Yet a new leadership team says that families from a migration background, and what they mean is Middle Eastern Arabs, have issues with the name. They're going to change it to Weltendecker World Explorer because that better reflects the institution's drive for open-mindedness and diversity. So, the Germans are removing Anne Frank name from a nursery because it's not open-minded and diverse. Just wow. Wow. In London, well, it's we're coming up to Remembrance Sunday and there's all this fuss about the big march, uh, anti-Israel march. They say pro-Palestine, but it's anti-Israel. Um, 18 to 34-year-olds 30, in Britain are far more supportive of the Palestinians than the Israelis, 23% to 7%. And that, again, it's part of the indoctrination that goes on. Uh, what else? Amina Ahmed, the as a leadership program facilitator and project manager at the at the Met Police, she suggested that uh, if anyone openly agrees with the war in Gaza, they should be called out as Islamophobic and inciting hatred against Muslims. They should be investigated as extremism. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. You know, I feel that the, we're in some kind of spiral and the Beatles sang about this. This is Helter Skelter. It was a song that was used by Charlie Manson before he did his infamous killings in California. And it does describe the going down fast. Here's a little bit of the Beatles from the White Album.
Now, speaking of America in trouble, please listen to this. Abortion is health care. And abortion access is the law of the land in Ohio. Tonight, Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights passed issue one and put Ohioans back in charge of their decisions about pregnancy and abortion. Together, we successfully enshrined the right to reproductive freedom into the Ohio Constitution. Those are people celebrating an amendment being passed in Ohio into the Constitution, which makes abortion a legal right. As far as I'm aware, it's up to birth. You know, it may be that over 2,000 children and babies have been killed in the bombardment on Gaza, which is horrific. But understand this, people in Ohio have just voted to allow 20,000 to be killed in their own state every single year. Human beings jump, they clap, they cheer, they hug, they cry. I think I read this, was Adrian on uh, Twitter. They cry with joy because they've just found out the good news. They've regained the legal right to murder their young. Lord have mercy. Let's go to Argentina. And uh, who's this? It keeps me awake to look on your face the moment you heard the news. You're screaming inside and frozen in time. You did all that you could do. The game was rigged. The ref got tricked. The wrong ones think they're right. You were outnumbered this time. That's Taylor Swift with her horrendous song, Only the Young, and reflecting a horrendous attitude, which somehow is that the young, who amazingly all manage to think exactly the same as their teachers who've indoctrinated them, are the only ones, as she says, who can run. What's this got to do with Argentina? Well, as we've been looking at the last couple of podcasts, Javier Millier, a libertarian economist, BBC and Guardian say far right, I don't know if that's true or not, um, he is in the runoff election this month and the Swifties, Taylor Swift fans, have uh, apparently joined in to get rid of him. They say Milia equals Trump um, and they are inspired to fight against and that, as Taylor says, we have to be on the right side of history. Well, what is that? What is the right side of history? Just Wow. They say that his positions against legal abortion, his support for the loosening of gun laws, and his proposals to overhaul public education and public health are a danger to democracy. Yeah. And the Korean boy band BTS are doing exactly the same thing. We are in a desperate state if this would have any impact. I tend to think that, as we've seen in Australia, at least, how will I put it, more intelligent electorates than the so-called young, who are the only ones who are allowed to run, uh, tend not to be that influenced by celebrities. Okay, let's come on to this country. Do you recognize this national anthem? 
Position sublime, his banners waving in glory supreme. We achieved our goal on the day you revive for us. A revolution gives us our motivations, flying over the shoulders of the highest comets. O King of Arabs, from the from the best prophet you have, the honor of dynasty talked about in the depths of books. That is Jordan. A beautiful country, about the size of Scotland, 95% Arab, 95% Islam, 3% mainly Arab Christian led by King Abdullah II and the Prime Minister Bishr Kasanwahe. 11.5 million people, a former British colony, capital Amman. Jordan captured and annexed the West Bank during the 1948 Arab-Israeli War until it was occupied, the, Arab, the West Bank, by Israel in 1967. What I didn't know as I was looking at this is that Jordan renounced its claim to the territory in 1988, and became the second Arab nation to sign a peace treaty with Israel in 1944, and now supports Palestinian statehood within a two-state solution. Now, there's been some criticism of Jordan um, because the king announced that its fearless air forces dropped midnight medical aid to the Jordanian field hospital in Gaza. It wasn't really fearless. They got permission from the Israelis to do so. Uh, But... King Abdullah is in trouble for refusing to take in a single Gazan refugee. He said this, I think I can speak here on behalf of Jordan, but also our friends in Egypt. This is a red line, no refugees to Jordan and also no refugees to Egypt. This is a situation that has to be handled within Gaza and the West Bank, and you don't have to do it on the shoulders of others. Well, I'm not as critical of Jordan as... Some people want to be. If you just said that alone, it doesn't seem, well, how can they really care? Well, you have to remember this. You have to remember that an estimated 2.1 million Palestinians are in Jordan as refugees. And 1.4 million Syrian refugees came in in 2015. And most of the Palestinian refugees now hold Jordanian citizenship. And also they've taken in thousands of Christian Iraqis. So, with all the strains and resources they've had, I, I, I would be inclined not to be as critical as uh, some have been. All right, let's just change and go to the woke world. Um, this is brilliant. Oh, you can't. You, this is endless comedy, really, but from people who are meant to be intelligent and everything else. Colleen Handel, president of the American Ornithological Society. There is power in a name and some English bird names have associations with the past that continue to be exclusionary and harmful today. Everyone who loves and cares about birds should be able to enjoy and study them freely. So they're going to start changing bird names to suit the woke agenda of Harvard and Yale. Uh, Or Cambridge, because in Cambridge, librarians from Cambridge University are on the lookout. 
There are 10 million volumes in the main library and there are independently run libraries in the college and they've been asked to look out for problematic books. Of course, no one says what harmful and problematic is. For example, when I studied Weimar Germany, I read Mein Kampf. Should that be banned? Um, It's just, yeah. We've lost the art of education and good teaching. Do you know, again, I think the Beatles sang about this. Here's Revolution. If you want a revolution, Lenin got into so much trouble for that song. But our current revolutionaries have caused so much trouble and harm. Now, uh, let's just do a little bit of sport. Um, This was extraordinary. Watch this. Go and watch it. Go and look it up. Even if you don't like cricket, this was extraordinary. Oh, my goodness me. It's gone way, way back. Thrashes that through the offside for four more. They won't stop that either. Body hairs on their feet. And Maxwell hits it. Highs. Can it make it? It does make it. Glenn Maxwell. Unbelievable. The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. So Australia are playing Afghanistan. And by the way, that's an amazing story itself. Afghanistan... Uh, with the Taliban and all, have turned out to be a major cricketing nation. In fact, they should have won this, and they could easily then have been in the semi-finals of the World Cup. They may yet still make it. Now, what's extraordinary about that, for those of you who don't know the rules of cricket, um, Australia, I think, needed 293. They were at 97 for 7, which basically means they're going to be out fairly soon. And this one man... (laughs) Maxwell scored 201. What's extraordinary about it is he had severe body cramp. He couldn't run. He just hit the ball. It's it's possibly, well, I think it is the greatest innings in one-day cricket that has ever been. Um, it's just brilliant. Uh, the Sikh book, uh, we're on chapter 15, euthanasia. The question was, why can't terminally ill people be killed and put out of their misery? We do it for pets. Why not humans? Well, I quote Kieran Beville, who says this, A generation ago, murder was rare, abortion was illegal, and euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide was unthinkable. 
Now, murder is frequent, abortion is normal, and euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide is legal in some places, in many places. And there has been an enormous change, and I think that this is, as we move away from the Christian view of protecting the weak and the elderly and the vulnerable. Um, So... I will put this up on the website, uh, this article, this chapter from the book, and as I always say, feel free to go and get a copy of the Seek book. And then um, I want to return to this issue of uh, upcoming Sunday, Remembrance Sunday, and the song I want to finish with is Abide With Me. I was going to play the clip from A Bridge Too Far with this singer, but it's a bit faint, and If you've seen A Bridge Too Far, it is amazing. This was a time where ordinary soldiers would have known the words for Abide With Me. This is, of course, a version from the Scots Guards, I think, the pipe band. I think it's really, really important for us to remember properly, not by protest marches, not by bringing in identitarian politics, not by all the nonsense that goes on, but we need to remember those people who gave their lives that we might have the freedom to have protest marches. And I just wish people would have the respect not to do it on Remembrance Sunday, but they don't care. They really don't care. But we do care. and. We remember, we pay respect to those whose lives have been lost fighting for and defending our freedoms. Maybe, you know, the words of the song, The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. I love it. Where is death sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. Thanks to Peter for producing this. Uh, Next week we are going to do a special, the recent ARC conference. The whole episode will be a report on that. Watch out for that to come. Uh, Please feel free to review this podcast wherever you get it. Feel free to support. Feel free to criticize. Especially if you don't agree with some of the things I say, I appreciate you getting in touch and letting me know. And I pray that wherever you are, you will know the peace and blessing of God. And may the Lord have mercy on us. Bye.